0: Well, good morning. good morning. It's so good to see you this morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, this, this morning as I was getting ready, I'm Chinese, just like Pastor Thomas, and so I have a deodorant I've been using And even though the plastic is scraping my underarms, I still see some in there. So I've been using it. But this morning, I was like, you know what? It's a special morning. I don't want to be smelly up there. So I'm going to bust out a new one. New year, new deodorant. So I put it on. And I'm like, something smells stink. So I smell it oh, it smells like pickling spices. So you know when you smell something stink, you want somebody else to smell it. So I tell my wife, hey, come smell this. And she's like, oh, what is that? I was like, that's my deodorant. And I put it on already. She's like, you better go get a washcloth and wipe it off because that thing stinks. She's like, Does underarm deodorant expire? Because I bought the three-pack from Costco, right? And I was like, I don't know, but it doesn't smell right. So, you know, if I smell a little off, it, it was actually a new deodorant, but that was my morning. I thought that was pretty funny. Did you guys have a good New Year's, a good New Year's Eve, a lot of parties? We actually went to uh, my wife's auntie's house for New Year's Eve. So, we were chipping in with my my mother-in-law on a sushi platter. But I thought, "Oh, I'm going to make something." So, I don't know why, but I thought I would make po- potato croquettes, which is just like a hash brown with vegetables inside. So, I go to YouTube And I find the recipe. So I make it, I'm so happy, I'm getting ready. And so my wife comes home, she's like, wow, what is that, that smells so good. I was like, yeah, I'm making this for the party. I wanna spoil your aunties. So she tastes it, and she's like, oh, can you leave that at home? (laughs) Because we're already bringing a sushi platter. And I'm like, what? I was like, I've been working hours on this. So I tell her, oh, can we just take it? On the video, it says to serve it with tonkatsu sauce, which is kind of a, a sweet, thicker Worcestershire sauce. So she's like, okay, I know, I know a good tonkatsu sauce. We'll go to Walmart, and, and, and we'll go and buy it. So take it to the party. My aunties love it. They're coming up to me all night. Wow, it takes so long to make that. It is so good. I was like, wait, auntie, let's go by Nadine, and I want (laughs) you to say it louder. I want her to hear it.
1: They
0: liked it so much. One of her aunties told me, can you make this every year from now on? My wife didn't realize that the video I used to make these had 877,000 views and over 10,000 likes. So I figured they would like it. That video I used on YouTube was a template. And so many people enjoyed it. And I feel like at the start of a new year, Mark chapter one is a template on how we should live our lives in 2018. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 9. And it reads, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, with whom I love, with you I am well pleased. You know, the first thing in this template that Jesus shows us is that we need to get baptized. When I started coming to church as an adult, I wasn't sure whether I needed to be baptized. Because I know my mom and my dad, they said, oh, you were baptized as a child. When you were a baby, we baptized you. So I was wrestling, should I, shouldn't I? Did it count? Did it not count? And I heard the pastor do a a baby dedication at church. And he was saying, we dedicate babies to the Lord. We don't baptize them. We wait till they're older, because it's not their decision, it's their parents' decision. And so we wait till they're older, and when they can make their own decision, they'll get baptized. So I remember in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Jesus says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So I decided as, as an adult to get baptized. And I felt like I had to show everyone that I'm with Jesus now. I'm making my stand. The old man has passed away and the new man has come to life. We continue in Mark, verse 12. And once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals. So looking at our template in Mark, it's showing that once we make a public declaration that we belong to Jesus, then the devil's going to come at us because now we're his enemy. The same thing he did to Jesus, the same thing he will do to each of us. It continues in Mark 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So we have to remember, as we make our stand, the devil's going to come and tempt us. Jesus was in a bad environment. He was in the wilderness. There was wild animals. He hasn't eaten for 40 days. First Peter chapter five, verse eight and nine. "Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion just like the wild beast looking for someone to devour resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So we know as we live our lives as Christians, that not only will there be hills where we just want to praise God, but there's going to be valleys. And sometimes we're all by ourselves, And that's when Satan comes and tempts us. It goes on in verse 13. And angels attended him. Psalms 91, verse 9 to 11, confirms this. It says, if you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So I think when the temptation comes, We just have to believe that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us and God will send his angels to minister to us because that's what he promises in Psalms 91. In verse 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. And believe the good news. So, this is the start of Jesus' public ministry. He says, the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God is in a lot of verses in the New Testament, it's all over the place. And so, I'm thinking, what is the kingdom of God that has come near? I found in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God, right here. Mark 14 says, Repent and believe the good news. Gospel repentance is actually making a decision to change your mind so that the way you do things are actually different. And gospel repentance comes because we actually, we get a glimpse of Christ himself, and we get a sense of his love, and we long for his forgiveness from our sin. You know, a friend of mine, he's a Christian. He has a beautiful family. He had a tough 2017. His father had passed away at the end of 2016. It seemed like nothing was going his way. This would break, that would break, financial problems. And so I would meet with him from time to time. And uh, during one of these meetings, all this time I had thought he was married. And he said, oh, I'm not married. And so I, I asked him, I was like, oh, why, why aren't you married? You've been with your girlfriend for 17 years. You have children. And he said, I don't get married. Because divorce runs in our family. Five people in my family have been divorced. So I don't want to ruin this. And I felt like the Lord said to tell him that I think you should start believing what God says and you should get married. Oh, But you know weddings are expensive. You know your daughter's going to get married pretty soon. I was like, I think weddings are only expensive if you have a big party. I bet if you ask Pastor Thomas or Pastor Danny, I bet they would marry you for free. And if you want to have a reception, our church is so generous. We can say, let's potluck and celebrate this marriage. And you would have so much food It would be such a big party. It's crazy. But he's like, "Mm." I feel like he has to get God so that he can actually change his mind to believe what God says about marriage. That in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, it says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And it's not like a honeymoon favor. It's like forever favor. And I feel like he's missing the blessing of God and all that comes with it. He misses the helpmate that tells you, you being a knucklehead, when you're actually being a knucklehead. who that's super stink, don't wear that. And I think that's where we have to come. When I first became a Christian, I never wanted to read my Bible because I didn't like what it said in there. My Bible is black and white. It's right and wrong. There's no middle ground. But yet, as we live in this world, everything's okay. You know, if they want to do that, that's okay. But I think we have to look at what God requires and the blessings that go along with that. This morning, we're going to take communion to start the year. And uh, I wanted to ask if Jordan and, and Gary and Susan can come up. You know, a song came to me and I felt like God said, play this song when you do communion. And go ask Pastor Danny, go ask Pastor Thomas if you can actually do communion today. You know, I started going on Facebook. And I small kind checked most of you guys out. And that's like local if you're not from here. I stalk you a little. (laughs) So I see a video of Jordan. And I don't realize he can play the piano. And his proud mama writes, Jordan heard this song on K-Love radio. And this is the first time he played it. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I called my wife, and I said, hey, check this out. Did you know Jordan could play the piano? She goes, no. So she listens to it, and she says, that's a gift from God, that he can hear something, and he can play it. And so I asked him last week, Jordan, can I send you a YouTube link to a song I would like you to play next week? And he's just like, okay, Uncle, send me the link, and I'll do it. I think God highlighted him because one of the reasons I look forward to coming to church on Sunday is because of Jordan. I feel like every Sunday, he'll go out of his way to come up and give me a hug and say, Good morning, Uncle. It's good to see you. Jordan's had a troubled past. You look at him, he looks fine. And I wanted to see if I can get his mom to come up here and give a little testimony about Jordan. Denny, you can go ahead and play, Jordan. This is Denny, if you don't know her.
2: tell you a story about Jordan and how God uses him. If I pass out (laughs) fire department. (laughs) But um, so Jordan originally was from Osaka, Japan. He was born and raised there and he lived there until he was age 10. Um, Jordan has memories of Osaka, where he ate spoiled food and he was physically abused. Um, His dad, when he was 10 years old, his dad brought him to Hawaii and promised that he would never get hurt. Jordan later was beaten and abandoned and, and was taken in from the state. From there, Jordan has been in foster homes, and as he got older, he was put into group homes um, until he aged out enough to go back to Japan, where he was from. Um, I met Jordan when he was 15 years old as I um, worked on call in a boy's home, um, trying to count my hours for my license our MFT and um, Jordan never really spoke with me he kind of did his own thing but one day God gave God um, gave me a dream and I had a dream that my husband and I were uh, walking out of the gates with his bags packed and prior to that Jordan never spoke to me we never talked he was like any other boy in the home and um The weird thing was that I didn't tell anybody about this. I actually had the same dream for almost a month straight. and No matter how much I tried to change it, it wouldn't change. I still had the same dream over and over. So I decided to start praying on it, and I asked God. And I asked God to show me that if this boy was supposed to be in my life, that he would give me a clear confirmation. That he would show me that it was so real that nothing would turn back. That day I went to work and I started to cook, and Jordan came up to me. And the first thing he asked me was, Can I help you? And I looked at Jordan and I started to cry because I knew that God gave me the confirmation that I needed. I went to the bathroom and he followed me and he said, Are you okay? And I And the way I looked at him, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have another son. How do I tell my husband? (laughs) What do I say to him? Because, you know, I don't know what I was going to do. That day, I went home and I asked my husband, how much do you love me? And and the first thing he told me is, what did you buy? And what what did you get yourself into? And I told him that God spoke to me and We're going to have another child. And he was like, he was like, at first he was like, are you from me? And I was like, no, not like that. (laughs) And and I said, no, God spoke to me. And and there's a child that I want to adopt. And I just need to know that you got got my back. And um,
1: after 26
2: years, my husband, he was in and he said well I need to meet this boy and I said I can't because of confidentiality so how about we donate some things and we'll bring four boys out and then you I'll I'll describe Jordan to you and you can see how Jordan is well Jordan wasn't nice to him at all in fact everybody else was nice except Jordan (laughs) and so my husband was like that wasn't looking too good and um After that, I just told, I said, well, I know it's for sure. So I I definitely know God's called me to do this. Six months later, um, Jordan was adopted. When Jordan, I asked Jordan if he had a question for me. The only thing he told me was, what do you want from me? What do you want? And I said, you know, he said, is it, you know, because he's 15 years old and nobody wanted a 15 year old. I said, I want your heart, because when you give me my, your heart, I'm going to give it to Jesus, and you are never going to be the same. He will change you from inside out. Today, Jordan has gone through so much. He's, he taught himself English, only speaking Japanese. He's finished high school and is in his third year of college. And everything I forced him to do, playing piano, and he would ask me why Um, today God is just showing him his, what he can do. And I just, I'm so proud of Jordan because not only did he struggle, his, for some reason because after we adopted him, we fired the state because... Wanted to, I wanted to raise him the way I wanted to, the way God wanted me to. And so he had challenges where he's still not a citizen, and um, we've been fighting immigration on our own. And so the hard part was that Jordan couldn't, during this time, work, or he couldn't. You know, all he could do was go to school and to show that he was doing well before, um, before they deported him and so as jordan went to school and he started to go he he was lost he was saying he would tell me oftentimes mom how do you know god's speaking to me what is my purpose in life and i said jordan you need to be patient because god only knows when he's ready i don't know when he's ready or how he's going to use you but when he does it's going to be so big that there's no turning back mm-hmm. That's when um, Jordan finally went down and he was feeling like he had no identity, he couldn't drive, he couldn't open a bank account, he couldn't do anything and he felt helpless and he felt like, why should I be punished for everything that happened to me in the past I didn't choose to be abandoned. I didn't choose to live here. I was just left here, you know, regardless and um, today jordan has found not only jesus and was baptized but he's found the love to use his strength that god gave him to reach others around and um that's that's jordan so you know
0: praise god thank you jenny Jordan is a life changed. He's looking for help. and in that quest, he found the Savior. Chapter one in the book of Mark goes on to say that Jesus did many healings. He cast out demons. He cleansed the lepers. But one thing that stands out is that he spent a lot of time alone in prayer with his Heavenly Father. The same as Denny and Darren did. And look at the result of that. I think as we prepare to resist the devil, it's in those times, in our prayer closets, that we're going to be empowered. It's hard to have a relationship with someone if you never communicate. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in our lives. A lot of distraction, a lot of confusion, a lot of things vying for our time. You know, if the ushers could uh, pass out the communion elements. So, they're going to pass it out. They're going to actually sing this song. And I think in our busy lives, it's hard to be still. So we're going to take communion together after this song. But I want you to just be still, to focus on what Jesus did, because that's what he said. Remember and do this for me.
1: tonight I will remember you with me in this fight although the battle's is rages on Surely my God is the strength of my soul, your love defense.
0: On the night before Jesus was crucified, after he had given thanks, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he told his disciples, This is my body broken for you. Go ahead and take the bread. He took the cup after he had given thanks. And he said, this is the blood of a new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. Go ahead and drink.